0: Welcome to 12 Questions. This is Anna Valenzuela uh, coming to you live from if I could, I wish I could pick up my computer and pan it around the room, but I've turned this whole thing into a podcast studio. I'm surrounded by foam. I feel like I'm, a, I'm, a fo- I'm in a foam cocoon ready to come out an audio butterfly. And uh, I'm here today with my co-host, Mr. Dave Yates
1: hey everybody thanks for tuning in I am not in a foam palace uh, so I, I need to upgrade my put foam on the walls game
0: oh but you're about to be in your own palace
1: well we don't know about that so uh, oh! we're, we're trying we're oh! trying we're trying to move up in this world so uh, I'm I, I have a suspicion that you're gonna ask me to read that clarity statement you I
0: know right? yeah yeah I think I think yeah that's what's gonna happen mm-hmm.
1: here we go. Welcome to 12 Questions podcast. We believe that growth and recovery isn't just for clean and sober people. Our mission is to share our experiences with guests who do the same. We're not affiliated with AA, NA, or any other 12-step organization. 12 Questions has absolutely no opinion on the use of drugs or alcohol by anyone. We're simply two people that happen to be in recovery that want to give hope to anyone struggling. Although some of our guests may be clean and sober, some of them are not or choose not to divulge. The purpose of the podcast is to learn more about ourselves and each other. We only hope that you can learn something about yourselves by listening
0: yay I was trying to real sneaky get myself closer to this desk uh, while you were reading that and I was like under the wire uh, very exciting this is an audio format no one could see that ladies and gentlemen uh, I'm very excited for our guest today uh, go ahead and introduce yourself
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Alicia Adler, and I am living in Marina Del Rey, California. And uh, I have struggled with a battle with anxiety and panic disorder for over 20 years now.
1: Coming hot out the gate.
2: Yeah. Let's let's own it. Hot out the gate. Let's just own it.
0: Let's just do it. I am uh, Sames. Sames. I used to think it was so funny uh, when I first started seeing a therapist. She was like, like, when you were a kid, did any like weird things keep recurring. And I was like, yeah, my parents would say I'd get the 24 hour flu. And what would happen is I get this terrible headache and then I would throw up. And she was like, that's probably a panic attack.
2: <laughs> and I was like, wow. "I mean, we could talk for days on this. <laughs> I I mentally my my whole anxiety disorder actually started. Well, don't know where it started. Trauma is very deep and complex. But I noticed it and the panic uh, attack started with a very, very severe fear of vomiting. So uh mentally through that, when I was nine years old, I would get so scared of vomiting that my mind would actually trick my body into vomiting. And so from a panic attack. So it's uh that mind-body connection thing is super, super real. And I, my heart goes out to you as a little same. kid going through the same. same thing. Like, what's wrong with me?
0: S- Sames. I wish we could have shared a sleeve of uh, saltines and, and ginger ale together. <laughs> um, all,
2: when I go anywhere, there's always ginger ale and saltines in my purse all the time.
0: So
1: mm-hmm. You fancy fucks in your ginger ale. We had 7-Up in my house.
0: 7-Up <laughs> works too. That was like an alternative. But the ginger ale is actually... Yeah. It does help. Yeah.
1: Po- Polish Polish grandma used to fucking have 7-Up on deck. And a fun thing about her, what she liked to do, because she didn't like taking uh, pills, is if she had a headache, she would take two Excedrin and put them in the bottom of the plastic cup, crush- fill it with put the Excedrin in the 7-Up and then used a wooden spoon to crush up the Excedrin at the bottom of the cup and she would just shoot the whole cup down Girl, because she didn't like swallowing pills.
0: Alka-Seltzer existed from like the 60s or something. Plop, plop, fizz, no, fizz. Tell, oh, what a relief it is.
1: Don't tell Polish grandma how to relieve what ails you. Right? <laughs> that, yeah, that that, ah, that, that ah, plus pierogies ah, and ah, that, that that cured all of it.
0: Yeah, got, my you
1: problems you got kraut. That's how we fix problems with kraut.
0: My Mexican My Mexican grandma's cure all was uh she would give me a wedge of lemon and just shove it in my mouth and for some reason that uh would stop nausea, which come to think of it as probably like putting your hand in cold water and I didn't like I didn't associate that, but now as as an adult, I have, like, the digestive system of a snake. Like, everything I eat is super acidic, super spicy, and I'm always just, like, if I get nauseous, I'll just, like, eat a lemon, and people look at me like I'm insane.
2: (laughs) Uh, Good to know. I'm going to try that one because I also, even though I shouldn't with all the gastrointestinal issues that come from all this stuff, I shouldn't have a really acidic, spicy diet, but I just can't. Stop myself, so I'm gonna try this lemon shake too. Thank you. Are we you.
0: gonna are we gonna talk, have a hot IBS talk? We are gonna girl. IBS don't even get me started on IBS. <laughs> I- IBS <laughs> don't
1: even for- get me going. IBS stands for Irritable Bowel Sisters. Hey, Ay- Ay- if we if we named Ay- our if me. we named our episodes, that would what it would be. It'd be Irritable the, Bowel Sisters. The
0: Irritable Bowel Sisters. We'd be an RB group that farted covers. A, That's what a, two, we would um, do. Or a two woman improv I
1: take, team.
2: I take this. This is like the biggest honor of my life right now. I feel so seen and connected already. Like yes, the it's, IBS. It's, sisters, it's still
1: around. You might change your mind. You might change we, we got 12 hot questions. we got to get through. So, uh, without further ado, we'll hit, we'll hit that hot number one, uh, which does not mean P it means the first question. Alicia, what does surrender right. look like to you?
2: Mm. I've been thinking about this one. Um, surrender is such a complicated word, especially for those of us who grew up with OCD and control issues. Surrendering mm. is very, very challenging. Um, Letting go is very, very challenging, and it's something I work very hard at every day. Whereas most people, I go about my life, I have to practice the art of surrender, if you will, every single day. And it's really not easy and more and more difficult to do when I'm in flare ups or regression or depending on what's going on in my life. But for me, surrender is trying my very, very, very best, and again, it gets hard at some times to do so harder than others to have faith in something bigger than me and to let go of the things that I just can't control as best as I possibly can and sit and feel into the deep discomfort, whatever that is that I'm feeling and hope that it stays within my window of tolerance so that I don't have a panic attack. But I have to practice letting go and sitting with myself and my feelings. And that's a really uncomfortable, scary thing for people like So yeah yoga meditation trying to eat right trying to exercise really taking you know dissecting your day and trying to make it the best you can which is of course easier said than done when there's a side of depression with the anxiety too so surrender the art of letting go and boy oh boy is that a challenge for me
1: yeah i don't think anybody knows what the recipe for themselves is i think the recipe for surrender is different for everybody yeah. You know, like a pinch of this, a dash of that, a cup full of this, you know. Uh, and I think, you know, I'm a big analogy guy. I think that recipe changes depending on what you come across in your life. So what, what, what used to be a fine recipe for the surrender pie uh, becomes disgusting pie. And you're like, ah, now I need to learn how to make a new surrender pie. So I'm going to start experimenting with a new dash of this, maybe a little less of this, a little mm-hmm. more of that. So... Uh, it is the it's the pure definition of a practice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just
1: doing it over and over again.
0: The the About recipe that's
1: really great. I love it, Dave.
0: Uh, Works so well. Yeah, take that I am, compliment. I am
1: great. I you are great. You are great and, great. and humble.
0: crush it. Yes, <laughs> and humble. <laughs> My. Uh, I, I I love that analogy. I think for me that that recipe is almost different daily. And I've come into acceptance Absolutely. of that that like, but it's good to know all the things that work, right? So it's I loved what you said about yoga. That's definitely one for me. I'm always like, even when I'm super depressed, because that's the thing about anxiety is for me, it goes up a mountain and then it peaks. And then it goes into the valley of depression that's where my 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 depression is almost a um a symptom of a high anxiety um uh experience and um or a result of a high anxiety experience so i totally get it and i was talking to a sponsee last night um about distress tolerance I mean, exactly what you said about the ability, and, and maybe you're a cognitive behavioral therapy person or a dialectical behavioral therapy person. I don't know, but those distressed. I've hol- tried everything. Almost I every. Not
2: everything. I've tried, I've tried a lot of things, but yes, right.
0: I, I've gone the cognitive
2: behavioral therapy route. I'm now doing a multi pronged approach multiple times a week. i
1: but- done with CBT. Yeah, yeah you know, know me. me. um
0: Yeah. yeah you know me I'm gonna go in here uh yeah no exactly it's it's very um yeah it's a very uh distress tolerance is very much in that wheelhouse and um and and I think for some people especially addicts um and and folks with anxiety mental health issues what it is is the coping mechanism for um day-to-day irritation is um It's not like there because we feel it really extreme. So we have to break down what you described, that act of surrender, is leaning into those positive coping mechanisms. And sometimes it's just crawling under a weighted blanket and 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 being quiet, you know, in a dark room. Sometimes it's taking away all the stimulus. Sometimes it's going for a walk. Sometimes it's taking a hot shower. Sometimes it's it's just um it's journaling it's talking through it it's taking a moment to reflect and then assessing before responding like all of those things are super important and i love that i love that you just you came in like hot up there are going to be some people listening to this podcast right now like i needed to hear this but
2: or i needed to hear it i that's so true there's so many more people like us than i imagine in my head i think it's such a lonely process and yeah. since it's so different for every single person I think it's hard to forget like oh my god there are people who really have the same experiences as me um yeah it's such an isolating thing but I what both of you are saying just rings so true to me there's not one recipe and there's not one day and just when you think you're like oh I hit this really great level and I'm feeling super it's it goes up and down you have to ride the waves and figure out what works for you in real time and constantly scanning your body and breathing into what do I need in this moment, which is really, really, really hard for people like myself who also struggle with terrible codependency issues. Um, I'm actually in a member of CODA and working the 12 steps with codependency because that's the root of like everything for me behind all of it, I really believe so.
0: Oh my gosh, my homegirl, I have a homegirl who worked the steps in a substance abuse program, and then she turned around at 19 years old and worked the steps in CODA. And she is the most, she is, I always tell her she's the communication version of a two-ton gorilla. You are not gonna get past this bitch. Like, she is just like, she, yeah, she just hones in, and she's like, I feel slimed by what you just said. Let's back up, let's reassess. Uh, are dynamic right now. Like, she has zero discomfort with reassessing a dynamic mid-conversation and, like, resetting those boundaries and then just being like, anyway, you want to go get some coffee? Like, she, <laughs> she's the yeah. most my that's my
2: dream like i literally sit in night, at, in, night at, in bed at night like can that be me who is this person and can i put her in my pocket please
0: she's actually <laughs> one of my very earliest episodes of this podcast chelsea k everybody hit that one up um it's a two parter cuz right. cuz she has a lot to say um but uh, yeah it's a very um i i applaud you i commend you i am a I've been told, because I have struggled with codependency, to check out those meetings. I am a melody beady devotee. I've read all the books and all of that. And And I write specifically in my step work about codependency, like, a lot because uh, that's where my disease is like, well, now that you're not Hello. doing all the drugs, Hello. let's uh, <laughs> let's try to get high on people. And I'm like, exactly. ew.
2: Up, right. Is it you? All the time, You And then it's like, oh, wait, voice of compassion. Wait, I'm going to come in and be compassionate to my inner child. Hold up, hold up. And counteract at you with, like, you little girl, like, it's okay. There's yes. Talk through. I mean, it's just retraining the whole system. But when started so young in these patterns I'm 31 and part of me feels 31 part of me feels like a 95 year old who needs a nap 24 yeah. 7 and part of me is stuck at like a very 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 young age somewhere between 85 and 7 and she comes out now that I'm working hard and I feel safer and more open to explore this explore this part of myself she comes out a lot too and there's a lot of shame with the younger Part of myself yeah. um, that I'm having to face, and talking to that shame as if I'm my own parent is going to be key to this recovery process that I that I'm on, and living with anxiety and panic hopefully won't take over my life. And I've I made it this far, and I'm feeling pretty good, but it, it's a constant, constant struggle, constant practice, constant battle.
0: Yeah, but
2: we're yeah. in it together, and it's a lot easier to talk about, to work through it when there's people like you who are open and honest and vulnerable and willing to talk and Seems. share about it. So thank you again.
0: Seems. What has been the most insane moment you've experienced in that journey that you just described, either insane good or insane bad?
2: <sighs> there's been so many insane things in the world of anxiety. And I'm trying not to identify myself with my disorder and my disease I'm so much more than just my anxiety and my panic but
1: Mm -hmm.
2: taking up a big chunk of my mental world and a lot of my memories are connected to panic attacks and oh I remember this because that's when I had the panic attack in the bathroom before this show it's like flashball memory of different panic attacks Mm -hmm. I think throughout my life since I was nine years old um the most insane I'll just open up and talk about the current current state, I guess. The most insane thing has happened, taken place this year. Um, I'm going to get emotional, of course.
1: It's okay. Uh, Spin then, a yarn. Spin a yarn. We're all, yeah, we're all ready I, for it.
0: This is I'm the most crying-friendly podcast you'll ever be on.
2: <laughs> well, good, because I'm going to get choked up many times, I'm sure, knowing myself. Um, I was with my now soon to be ex-husband um I just got the paperwork like last week actually Mm. we filed uh we had been together for nine years married for two and during this whole pandemic I um I'm sorry uh no I'm not sorry I'm owning it but I'm trying to own it my anxiety and depression and panic, I really went into a huge regression with COVID. And uh, right in the very beginning of COVID, my grandma unexpectedly had a stroke and passed away. And she was more like a best friend to me. And it just came out of the blue. This was somebody I was really close to. So another thing of letting go, this death in the midst of all this, and I couldn't even say goodbye to her. And my husband has his own issues. And well soon to be a cousin and his own stuff but um in on May 9th of this year my anxiety got so severe with him in the car um during an episode that I had to go move in with my mom and that was May 9th and uh our relationship is transforming if you will and it's been really really hard but I'm also in the process of going through a divorce right now and I know my anxiety and depression does play a role in all that. And I understand both sides and it takes two to tango, but between moving in with my mother and then her home actually burning down shortly thereafter, I, I feel like everything comes in threes and this year has been like grandma dies, separation, house burns down, moving with, grandmother with dementia like I've just been grasping for any sense of control so of course my yeah my journey's been complicated and uh since May I've been in many different modules of therapy I said uh, as I told you in Codependence Anonymous I'm working with somatic experience therapy I'm working with a trauma reiki energy healer I'm working with my uh, psychoanalyst and also with a psychiatrist and trying to work out every angle so that I've actually been completely, completely 100% isolated to the point of agoraphobia. So this yeah, mm. It is uh,
1: It is a lot. Any, any, any one of those things is enough to, to knock someone out. Yeah. Uh, yet here you are explaining all of those things. Yeah. You know, that's, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I sometimes have to remind myself that it's just like, I could I could rack up a list. Uh, my 2019 was very was was similar, uh, where it's like, dad gets cancer, first sponsor commits suicide, friend from college dies in a car accident, cat dies, dad dies, bre- breakup, and it's just like any mm-hmm. one of those things was enough to make me go drink. As far as like, mm-hmm. if I would have settled up to a bar and been like, hey check this one thing out and they'd be like oh fuck here's the drink you know and it's just you know it's it's almost like this i i use this analogy where it's like have you ever seen like the saw movies the horror films where it's like they cut people's body parts up and it's just like it's a, it's a horrible experience <laughs>
2: I can't say I've seen the Saw movies, but yeah, I've Those, are, those them. aren't
0: movies for an anxiety crowd. That's not, because you, you'll be living your life brushing your teeth and you'll just be
1: like, Saw movie scene. Are, are these needles? <laughs> are these needles? Who knows? The, 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 <laughs> exactly. The, where I'm going with this is the first five minutes into the movie, you're like, oh, this is fucking horrible and disgusting and you're cringing. But like Mm -hmm. then you're like 20, 30, 40 minutes into this movie and you've seen so much horror that you become numb to it. And I feel like a human has such a large capacity for trauma and grief and all that stuff. But it's like you, you, at least for me, I reverted to a state of numbness where I was just like so broken, where I was just like the hits just kept coming. and I'm just like, all right you just stop like you you get beaten into into a state of, of numbness when you're just just waiting for the kicks to stop happening you know it's like you're getting jumped in by life
0: yeah
2: i if, yeah. if you don't mind mind me jumping in there again just cuz this is i i have i haven't seen anyone or touched anyone this is like the most human connection i've had in so long so i'm like oh my god people like why the thing but oh my god i I feel you so hard and I'm so sorry to hear about all these things that
1: happened to you. And and um, I was not trying to, to contrast and compare. Like I, I'm not, I'm not not one that takes part in the grief Olympics that some people do, you know, like it's, it was more, we try to intellectualize emotional pain sometimes as Mm -hmm. human beings, at least in my experience. So in the attempt to stack up traumas or, or pains it's just it's 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 just simply to to stack it up in that the hits just keep coming sometimes yeah. right. and, that, yeah. and right. i don't know what it's like to be alicia i don't know what it's like to be anna i know what it's like to be me and right. during my grief and stuff like that if anybody tried to compare i fucking wish death on them like literally i'd sit in meetings and be like oh you're 75 why the fuck do you get to be here you old piece of shit it's like how could i be, you know it's just like that's this you you get resentful for people that are still able to live and breathe when you yeah. lose someone you care about at least for me so it's just like Absolutely. i'm i i'm a sick fuck regardless like yeah. i i would be in jail for life for some of the thoughts that i've had but they're just a lot of times it's just like it's it's a thought thing but exactly. you know Something that gets tossed around recovery rooms, and I've, I've been I've been fucking beating, beating my drum on this one, uh, is uh, you'll hear around 12-step recovery sometimes that, like, well, feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. I was like, yeah, motherfucker, but I never drank over the facts.
2: <laughs> Amen. Amen. Or as they say in my dry Baruch Hashem. You know, like, <sighs> thank you. It's everything. There's so much comparison. And right. there's so much, this is the way to do it. And this is, and I'm, I... Mm. I Totally understand that frustration, and in no way did I think you were like comparing your trauma to mine. I'm just like, yeah. Thank you for seeing me. My whole thing is thank you for seeing me because I see you too, and like, yeah. same. Maybe same. that's where I'm not in this place in the journey, and tonight I'll be really pissed off. Who knows? Again, I have no control over where my yeah. feelings and thoughts go, and trying to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But as far as the numbing goes, I'll be perfectly honest with you, and it's something I want to work on. Daytime. I just want to numb and distract right now in my process because mm-hmm. that's like the only thing that feels tolerable during the day, during the light of day. And I, for years, have struggled with um, a cannabis addiction. And I'm also an educator on cannabis and how to use cannabis for health and for medicine. And I will be perfectly honest and let you all know a that I abuse cannabis um, at this point. And I think it might, at this point, be contributing to my anxiety. And there's a very, very fine line with all of that. But by day I'm so exhausted by my own anxiety, but kind of paralyzed. I just want to like smoke weed and watch TV, which is so that's another area of shame for myself because I'm like you're it's never not
1: appealing. that that is never is never not appealing, you know? And it's like that's why we like that's why we read the clarity statement at the top. Like we have Yeah. We believe it's important to have guests of all walks and paths mm-hmm. on this that are just trying to work on themselves. You know, so, I mean, anything that we're doing to ourselves uh, that we know might not be the best comes with shame, because shame is a natural human response when you're not a fucking serial killer, Um, which, who knows, I might be. I watch too much true crime. Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: No, I don't think serial killers watch true crime. (laughs) I don't
1: think so. I think that they would, though, you know, like, there's got to be one down the line where... This motherfucker is a serial killer because he got good watching the tapes.
0: Is there, Uh, Israel Keys was, but Israel Keys. Did I tell you my homegirl's buying her, buying his house, his old house?
1: No. Anyway, okay. It's a whole nother podcast.
0: We've got, yeah, we've gone into, we've gone into the weeds, but I I do want to say I, I, um, I also, I hear you and I acknowledge you. And I've been through, dave and i dave, how dave and i got close is like i've been through some things you know and i had you know and the, the thing about it is we have really rough patches in our life and we think god that's never going to happen again and then more rough patches show up a little later on luckily it's not consistent but i definitely had like yeah that was my 20 2017 2018 it was like the hits kept coming and i'm gonna say this to twenty 2020 twenty and 2021 she these bitches better leave your ass alone or I'm going to come for them. I'm going to have to cut them. Is Don't make queen? me take off my earrings. I will take off my Is earrings. You queen? I
2: appreciate that so much. Yeah. The, the the universe. I get it. I get it. There's a message. I, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying all the things. I got it. I got it.
0: Let's great here. You, when you let's start it, in the head. That's when, when you said Reiki healer, I was like, that was my 2017 right there. That was like therapist, psychiatrist, like, like Reiki healer. I was like, I was trying everything I could. And at some point I just had to like, and in that in itself was a form of, of insanity. And and somewhere in there, I just had to make the decision that like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, fe- I'm gonna work through this no matter fucking what. Right. And like, Amen when you're in this state going through everything you've been through in the last year, how are you making decisions in your life?
2: With a team, with help, um, family and friends. I mean, and weeding those out that are not and seeing that clearly and grieving the losses of the people who are no longer aligned with who you are and what
0: your path is at that point. But Mm, yeah, you'll find out you'll find out who can hang when shit goes bad for you this is the codependent thing when codependents have bad times suddenly the people that they've been people pleasing and manipulating into thinking that they're the perfect savior those little motherfuckers are like rats on a ship they just run off because they don't know how to use space to feel or to be unwell but the problem is is your 50 percent is you didn't indicate that you would ever feel unwell that was that was my experience
2: yeah I've I've worn so many masks I have put up so many shields and armor That this is the first year where I genuinely feel like who is Alicia for real because I've just been walking around as mirroring everyone's experience in all honesty trying to make everyone else feel comfortable in whatever situation which then makes social anxiety such a thing and then you know I'm a performer like you guys I've been in theater my entire life I love being on stage ironically how crazy is that? I know. doesn't make any sense. I can get up on a stage in front of a gazillion people and have good anxiety, healthy adrenaline anxiety, but mm-hmm. put me on an airplane and, go, please, uh, no thanks. Uh, well, you know, fine. or it's in an fine. elevator.
1: With a, it's like, I, it reminds me of those posts that are popular on Twitter right now, like, tell me you're a theater person without telling me you're a theater person. And one of those is like, I'll sometimes sing a part of the thing I'm going to say.
0: Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do that. Yeah. yeah. I am so messed up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. therapy.
2: <laughs> all day,
0: <laughs> every day. That makes sense of the world. I Thank you. And just, yeah, bring a little
2: musical theater to it. It can all get, like, even the darkest of the dark. It's like, I am really dark and my shadow's is creeping out today. But like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. you, you got to be able to sing and laugh through it because it's dark, man. It's super yeah. dark, but. As far as decision making goes, it's, it's not by myself. I, I mean, I really have to stand myself and see how I feel, but I need a lot of validation right now. I need a lot of support both from trained professionals and from the people who I consider my chosen family and really doing a lot of work with narcissistic abuse and how that's affected me in my life and really trying to navigate through that is I can see right here, right now, once I get a hang of that, I do believe there is a life for me that's anxiety and panic free. I really, somewhere deep down, I don't know why, because I've lived with a panic disorder since I was age nine, since nine years old. So I do believe, though, in the work that I'm doing right now, that there is a life that's more beautiful and freer and healthier for myself, that I, that I, that if I show up the way that I want to and really dig through this crap, and there's a lot of it, like mm-hmm. I said, I've been wearing a mask for I still don't know who I am. Like I'm part of me still performing right now. Like it's such a process, but I do believe with deep, deep trauma work and facing your shadow and doing things that are really hard and brave over and over and breaking these patterns and, I believe there's something else that is better for me, better for you, better for us. If we want it, not to say that some people make it through. I, I, I've had really, really dark thoughts and really, really dark times yeah. and days where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'll be totally honest. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to work so hard. I don't want to try so hard. I'm right. fucking over it. You know, Yeah. that's also very real. And that's when it takes the truth and the people and the love and the support and everything else to remind yourself this is a moment in time and you felt this way before. And speed be just, you know, fight your ways to see another day. And I'll keep it
0: real. Can I give you a little hope shot? Mm. Um, You really are doing everything right. Everything you're doing, even though it feels like literally throwing everything at the wall to see what will stick. Um, Having been in that phase of throwing everything at the wall to see what will stick, it's been so I told you it was like 2017, 2018 was like my real rough time. And then 2019 also wasn't kidding around the beginning of 2020. I was like, I'm sad people are dying, but shit, I needed a nap. And like, um, I, I haven't had a panic attack or a suicidal ideation in over a year. Wow. Yeah. And that's going through a pandemic and all that stuff. So say all that to say that it's, it's gonna, it will all come together. All that work will mean something, you know, it's just the process of working through things. It's like, it's like swimming through a swamp, you know, it's swimming through a swamp. And one day you wake up and you're like, wow, the sun is out, you know, like it's, it's, um, but it takes it takes time it takes work and you really are doing everything right honestly like
1: positive consequence that. a positive consequence of of all that stuff is your give a fuck tank becomes so empty to mm-hmm. the shit that used to really bother yeah. you like so true. like yeah at the beginning of 2020 i'm like oh there's an invisible force that you can't control killing people i watched someone die in six months You know, like, it's just Mm -hmm. like, I, you know, I don't wish ill on anybody, but you, Mm -hmm. whether you like it or not, a positive consequence of that is experiencing that, you know, a little bit more about what you're capable of fucking enduring when you have to endure hit after hit after hit, some of them being self-inflicted hits, but hits nonetheless. Uh What is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself, Alicia, to this point?
2: There's been such an evolutionary process, and again, like I said, it's so not linear. But Mm -hmm. today, I mean, it's the first time in my life that I have been able to own or even see my shadow at all. I have been gaslighting myself for so many years. The role I've been playing, I convinced myself was me and was true, and you know, and I and I teach yoga and like I'm all these things, and I'm working towards and like all this stuff. And what I realized this whole year is I've over-identified with suppressing my anger because of the really violently angry people in my life. And there's actually, I would have never admitted it to myself. And this year is the first time with this work that there is a, a really, really angry, murderous rage that lives inside of me, that lives inside of all of us, that I would have been like, are you fucking kidding? I'm peaceful. i smoke weed all day. Like, no, 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 no. Like, I have a gigantic ego, just like everybody else. I am not any more woke than anybody else. And I I am angry and that is okay. And as long as I know how to channel and express that anger appropriately and not violently in and in, in my own safe container where it doesn't affect other people, it's really healthy. And I really need to get in touch with the fact that there's a lot of anger inside this bitch right here. Sorry, I didn't say that word. As you this can queen curse. Right this is a curse. There is a podcast. lot of anger inside this queen right here, and I would never have admitted that to you guys, Lola, myself, like even six
0: months
1: ago. hmm. It's rage. I, I, I tell people I literally have it bubbling just beneath the surface, where I am worried that one day something's going to happen, and I am just going to let it rip, and then I'll be in jail if I acted on. 1% of the dastardly thoughts that have happened in my brain, I wouldn't be here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so insanely yeah. grateful that I have somewhat of a pause button yeah. when, when agitated, that it's probably kept me out of jail in recovery, mm-hmm. it, you know, because I take the booze and the drugs away from me. That's what I use to keep that below the surface you know, didn't eliminate it, and then all this work and stuff like that as an attempt to suppress it. But there is like, there is some fucking gnarly shit sometimes that just like lurks, and it's it's yeah. it, it having people to just tell those things to it it relieves the pressure valve. It, it takes it takes the pressure off the old brain grapes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: One million percent because that lives inside of all of us. I didn't really know that, but that lives inside of each one of us That murderous rage it's and those ones that, the thoughts that we think like they're meant to be there and the fact that you can sit here and own it and say it and just like it is it this is just my truth shows that you're super deep into the work and and yeah. because a lot of people would just would not own that or say that ever in a million years so that that shows me that you are healthy you are doing the work and you're really not a serial killer no matter what you say Dave.
0: debatable <laughs> debatable <laughs> you're i when i When I first started doing, um, roasting, I I would do this show and people would say, um, people, people, when I got off stage, uh, a friend of mine pulled me aside and he said, none of us thought you could do it. We didn't know that you had mean in you. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's actually oh. Beatrix kiddo inside of my heart, like ready to kill bill your ass at any time. And this is just a fun outlet. <laughs> I'm letting her play. And like, I love that. Yeah. Did you
2: feel connected to that part of yourself when you were younger? Like, like for me, I feel like I was a total bitch and a bully when I was really, really young. I overcompensated and tried to be like, maybe me my too. dad or yeah. some more violent people. And then. As I got older, I was like, oh, my God, like, that's, like, the worst, most ugly. How could you ever hurt anybody? Mm -hmm. Like, you've been hurt. And I, like, switched my personality and went, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, I had the blonde hair and, like, the big boobs. And I went, like, at some point, I went from, like, oh, my God, like, you're a total bitch to you have to be, like, super, super kind Mm -hmm. to everybody. And that's still what I practice. I want to be super kind to everybody. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I don't have thoughts.
1: Sure, um, it's still an extreme though. It's like right. it's like you're extreme one end, you're extreme the other. That's I mean, that's what I've talked about recently in therapy. Is like I don't like making amends so much that I just push it down and it becomes poison in my stomach. <laughs>
2: poison in the stomach right i need to learn to roast will you teach me how to roast maybe that's a great outlet for ah, me there's there's another tool on my act to surrender teach me how to roast some people
0: well that is that's a whole other bag of nuts because eventually i you know i can i can have an addictive relationship with anything so that's where that turned eventually but i will say that it is good to every once in a while you know when you said gaslighting yourself You know, I did the same thing. It was like I was a really angry kid and then and a very bully mean kid. And then um my dad died. And I um I flipped it like a switch. I was so overwhelmed and I was like, I've just flipped it like a switch. And um for many years I was very uncomfortable even with roasting. I remember having a breakdown telling my sponsor, like, I don't think I could do this show. And she was like you only have to do it once which is not what happened I did it a lot um, but the because um, it felt good because it felt good it and was validating everything
1: that feels good oh. into the ground
0: yes um, ah. she's she says vape free Um. but like yeah it's a um. it is a it, it I think it is good to and we'll talk about this when we get into like defects and stuff but like <laughs> usually something that doesn't work for us, um, because we're doing it too much or too excess, some extreme, there's actually something good at the root of that. You know what I mean? And like, or at least some fear, some sort of sincere, beautiful desire and it requires self-honesty to get there, you know? So like, what is your level of self-honesty today as you go through this, this swamp, like you're girl, you going through it.
2: Oh, He's going through it. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I hid behind my relationship for nine years too. And, and I'm married and we have a place and I, I hid behind, you know, so many different layers of hiding for so long. And then when you're stripped of like everything, including being able to just take a walk outside, me personally, you are forced to be brutally honest with yourself. And, um, for me, probably the, of one of the hardest parts of everything I'm going through is that I can't just blame everything on my partner, on my soon-to-be ex-husband. It, even though he was more overtly out there, quote-unquote, abusive tendencies, you know, he had more of a panic disorder outward. I had a panic disorder inward is, what I, is how I would put it. Yeah. It was so easy to blame the collapse of our marriage on him because it looked because he was loud and violent and, you know, mm-hmm. at those times and, oh, I'm just a victim. And looking at my codependency, looking at my patterns, not to say that anybody deserves to be yelled at or cussed out or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying at all. But looking at the bigger picture, he said so many times, Alicia, you have an excuse for everything. You you get so defensive over everything. And I was like, no, not me. That's you. That's a projection. I wasn't taking ownership of Mm -hmm. so much of my baggage until this year. Um, There was so much blame going on. And so much resentment, and I was completely unaware of my of my part. I really felt like just a victim of my entire circumstance, I, mm-hmm. of of everything. And what I'm realizing now is, yes, my patterns from childhood that, that's not my fault, and how they came into my life and affected my relationships. Like none of it's my fault. But at this point in my journey, at this age, I have to take responsibility and accountability for where for my weaknesses and where I'm where I've played a part in everything. And I certainly have played a part in everything and that's, and devastating. It's so much easier to blame and hate on somebody and like fuck you than to be like, okay. Oh shit. Like it's me too. And
1: yep. We all got a role too. to play. We all got a role to play. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now for the big one, we started off the episode, but it's number six, uh, your favorite question. How do you experience anxiety?
2: I. Oi, that's a loaded one. Oy, is that a <laughs> anxiety manifests in so many different ways for me. It always has. We touched on it in the beginning. I mean, I guess I can start with physically what I I thought I had something wrong with me so many times in my life physically because of the actual body symptoms from anxiety, tachycardia, heart palpitations. Um, they're looking through my stomach, like my, my, my crp levels are through the roof my inflammation's through the roof but mm-hmm. their looks are ultrasounding and they can't find anything but i'm like but i'm shitting and i'm barfing and like like something's wrong with like i know there's something wrong with me uh shortness of breath just basic little things twitching i thought there was something wrong with me because my legs were twitching and now i'm learning all these are symptoms of my anxiety twitching release how it mm-hmm. how it works so i was like no 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 no. there's something like if i have something and that played into the Hello there. This is Nicole Yates, host of the DigiEat Podcast. Join me each Thursday as I talk to all sorts of interesting people from all over the place about food and life. Because really, isn't that all that matters anyway? That's every Thursday on the DigiEat Podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts. And hey, DigiEat? Hypochondria, That tries to rule my life and I have to talk to my hypochondria all the time um anxiety manifests in me having to cancel plans last minute and then people think I'm rude or a bad friend and it's like no I'm just terribly anxious that you can't tell because I never let you in on that part of myself mm-hmm. um, I'm really not rude I'm just freaking the fuck out right now um not being able to answer text messages for like weeks at a time people don't like understand little things like that uh mm-hmm. turning I've, I'm the go. why do you go MIA for so long it's like I can connect and give you my all and be fully present at certain times. And there are certain times in my life where I am under the covers in the dark. And like, I'm so sorry. And I understand that's not the most ideal friend or person to rely on, but that Mm
0: -hmm.
2: is my, sometimes my truth and seeing how people can hang with that. Um, Oh my God. I feel it in my chest right now. I mean, my hands and feet sweat so badly sometimes that I slip in the morning. I wake up with my cortisol levels so high that, like, I slip on my wood floor because my feet are so sweaty, just kind of waking up, lucid, crazy lucid dreaming, I mean, sweating profusely in these insane dreams that are just wild, insomnia to the max, you know, crazy sleep cycles, weight gain, weight loss, like, you name it, I've, I've been through the ringer and with how anxiety shows up for me. I'll yeah. Say more, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that one, that one, that one." I mean, it's. it's
0: have you it's real. have you ever read the book The Body Keeps Score?
2: Of course, hey! one of my go-to's. Of yes. course, yes. All, all
1: you nerds I mean, and your book reading. <laughs>
0: I was like book reading when I first read that, and it's a rough one. Um, I was oh. like, "Oh, I'm not crazy. I don't have." You know, it's like people talk to me, they're like, God, you can't eat gluten, you have this, you have that, you have allergies, you have this, you get anxious, you get, it's like, yeah, it seems like. Why do I you
2: get block. sick all the time? Why do you catch the cold all the time?
0: Yeah, all that sick. Exactly, it's like, it's like, you know what, I may seem like a mess to you, but I survived some trauma, okay, this is, this this girl is doing good right now, so like, calm down and just let me have my nervous farts in peace, okay?
2: <laughs> let me have my nervous farts in peace, and if, that's a merch shirt. If I haven't yeah, started yeah, I have in front of you, one.
1: Anna. Sorry? Uh, <laughs> Anna, I. Uh, I, I don't like to stop the podcast, but I just need you to write down this is your next merch shirt idea or sticker. This <laughs> let me own.
0: have my nervous farts in peace.
1: Yeah. That <laughs> uh, that you'll sell a thousand of them. And, uh, I'm, not, I, I'm, Sold out already. I'm not quite uh I'm not quite the best at merch, but I'm pretty good and when I when I know a good idea, I have to let it I have to let it out. I have to let you know that you're sitting on a fucking turd gold smoke mine. gold mine. <laughs> On a really yeah. Why don't we call farts turd smokes? I think I just created a new terminology for farts: turd smokes. We need to we need to go talk to Dana Wissen. She does Fart Talk, the podcast. (laughs) Turd smokes.
2: Hit her up right now, turd smoke We've been talking about anxiety, and yeah, anxiety and turd smoke go hand in hand. What's hand in hand? Yeah. Hello. That's why it came up, everyone. It's just y'all got you. You have anxiety. You have gut issues. You got gut issues. You got the nervous farts. Turd smokes. Call it what it is.
0: I I love telling people that. I'm like, well, you know, your your, uh, intestines have half the amount of nerve endings as your brain. So that's why sometimes if you take a low dose of an antidepressant, it can help with your, you know, um, IBS. If you take, you know, if you take uh, uh, probiotics, it can help with your mood. So it's people it's, we're all connected. We're all connected and getting that mind body connection, especially when it feels dangerous. The fact that you're seeking that in this, like this time where it feels really hard to like, I understand when it's like, I feel like I'm grabbing for my, my brain and my soul. Like, come back, come back, get in here. And it's like, no, I don't like it. I don't like it.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I want to wake up. I want to wake up. JK, JK. I want to go back to sleep and put my head in the sand and go back. Cause it was way easier. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. All, the, all the time. I want, I want to be well, but getting well is hard.
1: It getting is getting well is
2: hard, and nobody talks about that enough.
1: If I, getting well was easy. Everybody would be fucking well. The truth. Yeah.
2: But look where we're at collectively as a society. We're not yeah. doing so hot. So yeah,
0: exactly, you know? exactly. And, Mental
1: health care in this country is severely lacking, <laughs> and there's a stigma against getting help <laughs> because of bootstrap pulling fucks. <laughs> i'm, the, hey, baritone, I'm the baritone in your musical
0: yeah. we need to we need to isolate all the singing to, i think we need
2: to write anxiety the musical you
0: guys <gasps> anxiety the musical
1: you're Just saying, Just pending, saying pending, now might be a- pending yeah we need yeah w- copyright wga w- yeah, w- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh my god oh that.
0: I mean, oh, I've the three watched of everything us. Nobody on
1: Netflix and Pornhub. I've run <laughs> out of things to cry and masturbate to. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I
0: love
2: it. I love it. I've
1: started to masturbating office, to Netflix and crying to Pornhub. What a predicament I find myself
0: in. <laughs> Fortune Fire oh doesn't even have ladies.
1: <laughs> but that guy is wearing a kilt, so I guess I can finish.
0: Not that that's bad. Uh <laughs> I am This is the most one I've had in so
2: long. And we're like, in the I you'll we'll probably have anxiety. And like, literally, this is the most one I've had in forever. Thank you. Well, it's
1: funny. Thank when you. we do the podcast, sometimes people think that like, it's a comedy podcast, you know, like that we're going to like fucking rip on people for their fucking, yeah <laughs> like character defects. But like, we okay. really honestly, will rip on each other more than anybody else or just like, it's like the push pull of serious moments, you know, yes. like. Yes. like I'll, I'll keep you from crying if you want me to because I know how to pull that tension back that's just yeah. how I make my living
0: well but and it's like, our it's our yeah, coping that's, mechanism that's how yeah, we do yeah.
1: yeah yeah. people Fixing. people that Fixing. know how to make shit funny that's terrible it's just like it's just like that's just how I've been able to not fucking put a bullet in my head mm. me too you know
2: yep humor yeah. always saves like when in doubt like make fun make fun of it have a laugh
1: at it because yeah Gallows oh. humor is uh, is is coined for a reason um you know and, then, and it's like i have enough of a grasp on on when and where to lay it out that it's like cuz even the the good qualities of humor can be defects of character i mm-hmm. think i can acknowledge that in me but what would you say Alicia are the defects of character that you've either worked on or surrendered to the most mm-hmm.
0: And this is not an opportunity for your anxiety to beat up on you, Mama.
2: Thank you. Good point. Thank you. She's in my
0: brain. She's, she sees me now. She'll I do that.
1: You could tell her to piss off. It's okay.
0: Yeah, game recognized game.
2: <laughs> if, if, I, if I didn't feel the love, I'd maybe say piss off, but also I probably wouldn't say it, but I'm getting comfortable and that's with you guys. The
1: magic so i Maybe of I would. Anna Bruja Valenzuela.
0: Yeah, she'll make exactly. you uh, take off your
1: earrings, but then put them back on and share a treat.
2: <laughs> Accurate. <Yes>. Precisely. <laughs> what was the question again? No, I'm kidding. I'm I was like, I'm so here. Oh, yeah. The question about defects.
0: Worked on I'm not beating myself up and I'm not going down the scale. spiral. Mm, what was that? Mm, I mean, there's.
2: I beat up on myself so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to have compassion for these defects, if you will, but for me, a big one is I require a lot of alone time and a lot of rest and a lot of mm-hmm. personal quiet time. And mm-hmm. in today's society, that's frowned out and looked down upon. I'm not productive enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not. I, I need simplicity because I have a trauma brain and I've lived in fight or flight mode for so much of my life that I crave quiet simplicity a lot, which people who know part of me, which is very extroverted, as you can see, and love people and loves connect. That is a real part of myself. But a huge part of myself is I got to shut down. I have to disappear from the world sometimes from the phone. I have to turn off all the devices and I just have to go inside and that's caused issues in my relationships of all this friendships, mm-hmm. romantic ones. I mean, clearly this marriage didn't last with my family, with my friends. I have experienced burnout uh, mm-hmm. on a regular basis. And my goal now is to try to get ahead of that, be more mindful in real time. So it doesn't get to that point where I'm so burnt out that I just have to disappear from the world for a little bit. And then, Hey, I'm ready to come back now. You guys still love me. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. It's, it's that that self care will prevent the spiraling. It will the spiraling is the exhausting part, you know, and it's like it like creating that self care. So you don't end up in those external, you know, anxiety spirals um, where, you know, everybody it feels like a hurricane, like everybody's getting sucked in and, you know, mangoes are flying around,
1: you know, like mangoes.
0: In, you know, it's a I I always think of hurricanes like
1: a flying mango. Yeah, mangoes with tahini, <laughs> tahini.
0: Yeah, flying around. It's like a whole, it's a whole vibe. And so, um, yeah, it, in my own relationship, that's something that both my partner and I have worked on, and we actively use the word spiraling. He'll say like, yeah. "I'm spiraling right now," and I'll be like, "Yeah, I know. Go do that over there.
2: Oh, <laughs> go spiral in your own safe container. Yeah, yeah, and yeah." Then, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Communicating. I mean, it's huge.
2: And some people can't deal with it. And some people don't want to heal. And some people don't want to look at that. And it's hard. And I, like my partner, like I also respect that. Like it's a lot. And if you don't want to go down this healing journey and it's too much, I, as hard as it is for me, I also respect that. Because this isn't, this isn't for the birds.
0: And it is okay to, you know, it sounds like you outgrew something. You know, it's like, it is okay to outgrow our relationships. um, Because... It's, you know, it's, you're in a growth process. Growth is not like, you know, we we get out our little notebooks, you know, and we start writing down and then we're like better and we just grow, you know? I do enough yoga and then I succeed. Growth is actually a process of of failure and discovery. It's the hero's journey. It's over and over and over again. And, and so, like, allowing yourself the forgiveness to just acknowledge that, like, you, you outgrew a thing, you know, and he couldn't grow with you. He couldn't grow with you. And that's okay. Like that's sad, but it's
2: it's sad. It's deeply sad, sad.
0: worth mourning, worth grieving, but okay. Yeah. And I, yeah.
2: And who knows what doors will open? I mean, who knows it's so hard to accept things. If you can know something, and then accepting it is such a different. The,
0: the emotional acceptance is the hardest part, and and a lot of that for me comes for from forgiveness of myself and others. How do you experience forgiveness?
2: I can forgive other people so easily. It's like not even funny. I've been known to do that because, I mean, if you want to dissect my childhood, it'd be very obvious. that that would be a whole other podcast. Um, maybe deep down I don't fully forgive I mean I'm sure there's contempt as I said there's murderous rage buried underneath it all but I I am really great at accessing compassion for other people um, I can tell people and mean it everything I would want to hear mm-hmm. from somebody else but I'm so hard on myself and really not good at forgiving myself mm-hmm. and the standard which I hold myself versus other people I'm like why can't you just be as compassionate for yourself as you are for others I mean that's so real and it's I have to forgive myself I think that's going to come with some work and I've been thinking about that too like who do I owe apologies to for my past you know what's, what's who do I want to say sorry to that's really that's real for me at this point in my journey I, I owe some people some sorrys, and I owe myself a lifetime of sorry too um I've always been a perfectionist. I'm an only child. I, my parents for different reasons, couldn't handle my separateness, my own emotions. I was either always too much or not enough in certain Mm. ways. I had an amazing childhood in a lot of ways and like the most fucked up traumatic in others. And I I talked to my parents very openly about this. Now we're really lucky to be able to have these conversations and and talk about their trauma and how this happens. And, you know, that's another part of the healing journey is people are going to join you or not. And, both my parents I'm if you want to be in my life we're gonna to have to talk about these things everyone in my life we're gonna have mm-hmm. to talk about these things because underneath all the panic is depression is eating it I have to vocalize it and put it out there and I think that's where a lot of the forgiveness is gonna to come too. is making amends with my past with myself with others um the forgiveness of myself is going to be a a journey. And I, and I know that I can feel that right now. I'm even like, that's
0: a hard one. A lot of
2: us anxiety innately feel bad or like there's something wrong with us underneath. And like I said, whether it's too much or not enough, we feel like we're broken. We're unlovable. We're bad people. And no matter what that's going to show, and we're just going to try and hide that from ourselves and everybody else that fight for that because we're bad. And that, that comes from childhood trauma and unpacking my childhood trauma. I know is. Is going to be what's going to help forgive myself, forgive the people in my life, but it's not going to be easy.
0: And don't force yourself to be there, especially if you're embarking on a twelve-step journey. Like the steps are in order for a reason in all the programs, you know. And that the reason why that question is there is because that was a that was a fulcrum in my recovery. That was a yeah. that was a a spiritual awakening around uh, also not being able to forgive myself, and then coming to a place where I really wasn't able to forgive others as a result, yeah. and so yeah. um, so really working through that takes time, and it's you're, it's a it's a part of your journey you'll get to, but you don't have to worry about it right now. It's just uh, okay. tomorrow uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, not not for a while. Give yourself a break on that, you know. Yeah. And it's uh, one thing that we always tell people in um, like substance abuse twelve step programs is like don't go run around doing amends when you have 20 seconds clean, all right? Like, slow down. You don't know how to do that right. You're gonna cause some harm. Calm down, you know. Wait till you're at the point where you could do that. If you happen to be in a situation where you run into somebody and, you know, call your sponsor, work out a thing, do the deal. But really, don't go into this blind. Don't go raw-dogging apologies
1: you know <laughs> very most, true most, most very true how to apologize for shit sure yeah. we've done true. you mm-hmm. know um what would you say up until this point is your most surprising apology that you've either made or received
2: oh i mean the one that comes to mind is the most recent one where i and i think my soon-to-be ex-husband was shocked by it because as I told you, I'm a really defensive, and I have a great excuse for everything, and a reason for everything, and I'm not just good at. I'm sorry, I thought that you know that's hard for everybody. But most recently, I, I could see my own growth and my own healing because I he was stone cold. He wasn't giving me any attention. I don't know. We've been so estranged for since May. So we're going, we're pushing a year and a couple months here. That I mean, this is somebody who has seen more of me than anyone in the world, including myself, like this person, we trauma bonded, we enmeshed, we entangled it with some gorgeous things and some not so gorgeous things, but I have huge rejection, abandonment, wound mm-hmm. issues. And I wasn't getting anything from him, whether it was good or bad, toxic or wonderful. I just wasn't getting anything from him. And it has been so long. And I was like, you know, he had left me on red on Instagram for just a couple of days too long. And it's not my thing to say anything, but I was annoyed with it. And so I sent him a meme about divorce being hard and just like threw it in his inbox because I was feeling shitty and having a bad day and wanted him to feel like, I hate this. I don't, I hate this. I needed heard him to people, feel it too.
1: Hurt people, hurt
2: mm-hmm. people, hurt people. And so I came in the middle of his day off with this DM about divorce and I think I could have written this myself and this whole cathartic of like blah, 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 blah. And I just at him and he said, I'm sure that was very cathartic for you, but that was very insensitive of you to do to me. Um, Mm. And I don't think I did anything wrong and it did feel really good. And ultimately I did get under his skin, which, you know, he unconsciously rewarded me for my bad behavior, which is I'm, I'm a boundary crosser as a codependent person. I do also cross boundaries. And I said, You're right. That was incredibly insensitive. I can't just like drop heavy shit in your inbox after we don't talk for a really long time. You're absolutely correct. That was very insensitive of me. And I apologize. And it just ended it at that. And I didn't hear back from him because I think it like threw him off because it's so unlike me. He, I can have my experience and it might have been rewarding for me in some way. I got to rise. Ooh, I ruined my ex's day. I still have the power to ruin my ex's day. Fuck yeah, girl. He still cares about you. You know, that triggers my abandonment and makes me go oh my god he still cares he still cares he still cares i'm so lovable he still cares even if it's whatever i got what i needed from that Mm -hmm. in a very unhealthy way and also could apologize and recognize that that was very boundary crossing and inappropriate and insensitive for me to do to him and without explaining my side it it was just like you're right and i'm sorry yeah
0: good for you good for you owning it that's a beautiful thing because we've all been there we've all been there you know we've
1: all dug out the meme in the internet and then we've pulled the pin of the meme like a grenade and just lobbed it into the direction. I couldn't
2: I'm not, help I'm myself. Really... Oh, go ahead. No, I just was saying I couldn't help myself in this. I just, it just had to do, I just had to pop yeah. it in there.
0: I'm known for a brutal su- sub tweet or two. You know what I mean? Like I, I, Uh, in fact, there was one time with my partner where I was laughing at him last, last night I was like, I'm sorry I doxed you when we got in that fight over whether or not you snore because he snored. And I was like, it's not, I'm not trying to fight with you about whether or not you snore. And he's like, I'm perfect. I never, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like super defensive. I'm like, whatever. So I just let it go. And then I waited a couple of days and I got on my Instagram when he was snoring one night and I just took a video. And then I tagged him in it.
2: (laughs) See, sometimes you just gotta just, show it like it is. Sometimes you can't let the other person have their narrative because it just
0: is too painful. It's, it, that's, and that's my fault. That's my fault. I can choose to walk away from that narrative, but yet I'm like, no, you ain't in reality, and we gotta get you in reality right now. I gotta fix this. Get over here. You know what I mean? And that's where things we, get fucked up. We can <laughs> try. We can try that we're not gonna be perfect. Sometimes you just
2: gotta throw some weird boundary crossing reality flop somebody's way and see what the fuck
1: right but i love spiritual fitness is still fitness and i'd rather smoke a cigarette and not do fitness (laughs) maybe fitness taco in my mouth
2: that's about it that's about it i I can make some really dirty uh dirty jokes with that whole song but for my awake w- uh, higher self we're gonna we're gonna skip
1: that part the okay podcast. fine miss it. i'm better than making a dick joke on a fucking podcast
0: uh, With two comedians that are basically yeah. we made of dick we jokes maybe, some yeah. stuff for the musical.
1: maybe you meditated today maybe you prayed today i don't know what you did today to feel superior <laughs> but that is the next question what is your spiritual practice if you have one look like on a day-to-day basis
2: we touched on this before there's no day-to-day basis with spiritual practice i wish there was and every day i'm like i'm gonna set this schedule and this routine and i'm gonna wake up at this time and i'm gonna have my coffee at this time and i'm gonna get on my mat and like every night i kind of fantasize about like the person i can be tomorrow and mm-hmm. the whole image of it and then usually when i do that it's like no we're gonna binge watch netflix and smoke weed um but there are the days spiritual practice for me I have some form of therapy or CODA group every day of the week, except for Saturdays and Sundays. Those are like my weekends, my rest days, but pretty much healing is my full-time job right now. I'm very, very fortunate and privileged to be able to have this opportunity to work on my healing journey full on, Um, kind of do or die though. So every career, thing, everything, blocks different career paths and I'm the one who takes 8,000 courses and I have all these certificates and all this stuff and I'm just like I hate money and like I hate taking money. Like that's a whole other thing. <laughs> um I try and get some form of guided meditation in the book daily, whether it's listening to an app, uh putting something on the TV, I really try and do some deep breathing meditative exercises at least once a day, if not more, sometimes with yoga practitioners or teachers on a Zoom platform and I'm just listening to something, Uh, I try and get on my yoga mat, even if it's just for like a yin practice daily, or even just to like lay in child pose, I feel like I can, when I am doing yoga, and yoga can be very frustrating too, but when I am breathing in sync with the movement, and I am just one with my breath and the movement, I finally have a little bit of quiet in this really noisy ADD brain of mine. I can Mm -hmm. actually be still with myself. In those moments, there's enough layers for me the physical aspect is the breath aspect there's so many things stimulating Mm -hmm. me that I can turn off my thoughts for a little bit um spiritual practice involves for me talking having deep real talk with people I can't do small talk anymore it really just Mm -hmm. drains me I have no space for it like if we're going to talk and have a relationship I want to talk about all these things because Otherwise, my spirit is not, you know, not to say I don't want to make dick and fart and poop jokes, too. But there has to be an opening for. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that is dick a spiritual as practice. As well. dick, part, dick fart and poop jokes can be spiritual. If you're doing they, it right.
2: They, absolutely, they can. Right. I was going to say, I sometimes do karaoke and have dance parties by myself. Like I was how, br- a-
1: how brave are you to admit that you do karaoke?
2: <laughs> Dave. maybe the one thing i missed the most about going out that was like the one place like i could be drunk or not drunk or anything like give me a karaoke mic until covid came around and now i'm like you how do i get my own mic for karaoke oh
1: you gotta you go to k-town and rent your own karaoke room and lock your lock the door and then you just sing your favorite songs to yourself and eat
2: i do that here like all the time i put it on youtube i have my little mic at home and i just like Sing my heart and soul out. And what's I think connected go-to, to myself. What's your to go-to sports.
1: karaoke song? I think we just hit a, spirit, a spiritual you.
2: practice. Oh, I have a few. Um, go-to forever up in the repertoire. Fever. Always, always Peggy Lee Fever. At last, Etta James. Like those two I can always pop out. Oh, some Alanis Morissette. you to know. A quick mm-hmm. one if I'm thinking really quickly. Um, like, Mom, I always when i'm feeling sad or when somebody passes away saying whitney houston i will always love you but it's like not does not do it justice that's like so <laughs> definitely need a couple of drinks before that to feel confident even attempting whitney houston but something about i will always love you shouting it out um dancing in the streets that's one of my favorite ones oh and anything hall and oats or earth wind and fire that always gets me I feeling love myself it. with, with mm-hmm. the frequency
1: I Hannah, love what it. What about you? What's your karaoke to what it your karaoke song to spiritual? Oh my uh, god, I enlightenment.
0: I hate to say it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bonnie Raitt, something to talk about because I'm America's stepmom. Um, Just give them
1: something to talk,
0: to talk, about. To talk about. Yeah. Um, love. and uh, oh, I can do a good share because I used to sing, I used to sing, um. You like opera, whatever.
1: Halloween costume, I just realized. I'm like, if you did share for Halloween, I'd believe it.
0: Yes. I can do I can do I can do a good uh share if she had like muscles and and some body weight. <laughs> so I'm like I could do a good share.
1: Uh share who loves herself.
0: Share who eats a sandwich. Um but it's it's funny I don't because
1: believe, in life
0: believe oh man you want to piss some people off like because I because I used to do um uh, uh I used to sing opera in high school so I can like with my voice I can emulate um I can emulate auto tune so believe is always really fun for me because it's a way to flex my vibrato without actually like getting into some like you know like doing a um. Like doing an aria. <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Right, 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 right. You can show your chops without like fully showing your chops. Exactly. I love it. Exactly.
0: showing of the chops. Yeah. Dave, what's yours?
1: Some of my, my go-to karaoke, because if you can't sing, you better be entertaining. I like doing Rock Lobster by the B-52s. fifty two. is
0: a good one. It's a good duet song. That's a good one.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What, Rock Lobster duet? Get out of here rock lobster yeah no you gotta do rock lobster solo you can do it either way i have to hear
0: this no. i have to see this you can I do it because people you got forget
1: the it's like an eight minute and 50 second song too it's
0: like a 10 minute song you, you're gonna like ruin someone's karaoke night if you that's why you gotta do it with another person
1: nope wow more
2: oh, i would i would run up
1: there and I, I would kick you in the chest i'd be like get off this is my eight minutes and 50 seconds you go back to singing fucking Hall and oats <laughs> and fucking I love it. I love it. Oh fine. I'll give you your
0: eight minutes, whatever. Whatever as as I can
2: come
0: along in the background.
1: Karaoke Quiet. abuse eight minutes at a time.
0: Yeah um you don't even get comedy sets that long in the city
1: (laughs) that's right so i sing rock lobster i've literally wriggled on the floor singing rock lobster like rolling around like when that part in the song goes down down Down, i literally drop on the floor like a fish and start wiggling around Uh, trust me i do act outs i fucking rock lobster my heart out and it's a one-man show god damn it
2: I can't. Okay, wait. we'll give you the one man show, but I gotta see it. I see gotta this. see it with my
1: own eyes. Yeah, and hear it with my own ears. It's gonna cost extra on the Patreon. Oh my god, when
0: we go All when right. we go to All doing right. shows like Twelve Questions, like live shows with actual humans, I demand that you do. I can't you live do, in that
1: world that doesn't exist yet.
0: Will you, I demand that you do rock lobster Shit. on stage. Absolutely.
1: I've Absolutely. Less. I've done less for twenty dollars. Trust me.
0: Hey, I love it. Yeah.
2: I love that's it. That's a great icebreaker, though, just to get everybody comfortable. Just like a quick eight minutes of, like, this is me, and you don't have to be scared. Then, like, that's that's the stage for such a great talk. I
0: love that. I think that's, that's amazing. There. That's amazing. And, you know, it is a spiritual experience to sing. It is a spiritual That's And I I get real nervous when I sing in front of people. That's why I won't do it anymore. Talk all day. I'll talk all day. Sing. Ooh, I freak out. What? Oh, totally. What is your relationship with your higher power like?
1: If you have one. If
0: you have one. And you don't I, have to. No,
2: I I kinda of, I mean, I feel like I, sometimes I teeter on like, are you real? Are you not real? But like my deepest, highest, most aligned version of myself who's had enough sleep and has been in the middle of like a spiral. <laughs> I I can say it very simply, this is what I tell everybody else. I can go on and on about it, or I can just say, when you peel an orange, it's pre-sliced for you. So, you know there's something bigger than you every time you peel an orange or a tangerine. Like, you know, we're just like, that's it. That's all I need to know. Like, it's pre-sliced for you in like perfect segments. Sacred geometry, like all that it. Like nature, I know there's something bigger. I know there's something bigger because of little stuff like that that's not little. I love and that. yet I have sometimes I have a hard time surrendering to that anyways but like I know it's real I can't define it I can't tell mm-hmm. you what that is I grew up Jewish uh reform Judaism I was not mitzvahed and I still traditionally like love the fact different practices within Judaism although I, I'm not religious I I'm a traditionalist and and spiritual for sure but I, I connect to spirit probably at least once a day in little teeny ways little synchronicities like I can just like feel it and i can't really define it or put words on it but i just know i wouldn't be here one million percent a hundred million different times in ways if there wasn't something bigger running the show calling the shots and if i didn't believe that life would just be too dark like there's just it's there is something behind it and when i forget just
0: get a piece of shit Mm.
1: mother nature bringing the snacks to the soccer match of your life
0: yes i've I've said this to a lot of people and I love the orange analogy. I'm totally stealing that. Um, I got this yes. from my sponsor is there's a proof of a higher power. Cause we live in a world where dogs and cars exist. And every time you see a dog with their head out the window, that's just pure love.
2: I lo- I'm feeling that one too. That yeah, I figure you so would like real. that. I love I'm you. I'm feeling that one too. Oh, that just like touches my vibe. I feel yeah. like tingly with that. I love it. Oh,
0: right, so cool. right. And it's really good when you're driving. It's very hard to experience road rage because in Los Angeles, every third car has a dog with its head hanging out the window. So there's always a moment to be like, oh, what's up, higher power? Okay. Okay. Look at up." Like it's perfect. It's perfect. Just when you need it, there's a dog or an orange. You know, there you go.
2: Little, little things. I'm like a little kid who like says something that's so authentic and real and isn't scared at all because society is in common mess with them. And they just yes. like tell it like it is. And she's like, yes, yes, yes. yes And then you just know.
0: Exactly. Just know. I love it. It's so great. Dave, get that last question.
1: Well, Alicia, we've made it to the yes. end. We did it. And in, in the form and the spirit of this episode, I'm going to sing this last question. What would you tell someone just like you in the world? Listening.
2: I would tell somebody like me that behind every face, behind every story, behind everything that you see, there's something else so much deeper going on. And most people don't even have access to it within themselves. And... So easy to make assumptions. It's so easy to judge. It's so easy to be like, oh, well, you're pretty and you have money and you this it's so easy to put people in a box or or to minimize your own feelings. Well, there's kids starving here and there's people dying here. There's so many stories and narratives that you can tell yourself and other people when it comes to the healing journey and who's deserving of anxiety and who's worthy of trauma. I mean, there's so much of that. And I would just say to anybody like me or anybody else who's going through this. It's so much more common than you think and just have grace for the human experience within yourself and within other people. There's so much more to the story than what we know and what we see. And we have to be patient and we have to be kind and we have to talk about these things and we have to be vulnerable with each other because this problem is getting worse, not better. And children are, Taking, I'm sorry to get so dark, but young children are taking their own lives now at a higher rate than ever before. I mean, things become overwhelming and unmanageable. And I know for a fact doing stuff like this, connecting with other people about it, sharing the story, sharing the struggles and breaking the stigma and having grace and compassion for everybody, no matter what you think you know. It's, this is a collective journey. You think it's an individual one. You think you're in it. You think, oh, like it's, I'm so different. I'm, this is a collective journey that all of us, I think, have to participate in and we have to elevate the consciousness collectively as a society not just in our own experience or or forget about it you know i or forget it i don't want to keep passing down this generational trauma this anxiety down and down until you know i'm here to try and break this curse and so that if and when i feel ready to have a child maybe maybe not i know it's for the right reasons. It's not about me. It's not coming from a projection from a narcissistic injury that parenting is the hardest, biggest reward and challenge of anybody's life. And I feel like everybody makes being a parent second to their other career in the society. And I think that's really, really, really backwards and that people need to take parenting more seriously than anything else. That our psyche, our patterns, our programming really develops before age 10. And you know, we always say, "Well, kids, you don't know." When you become an adult, it's really hard, and we we minimize so much that goes on for, goes on in young, young children and their minds. And I think we really need to be careful and pay attention to to the youth of today and to the youth that was all of us struggling when we struggled and what you know ended up into sabotage, what I, what brought us here in the in the first place. But we have to use our voices to help those who don't have one. I'm, I'm so thankful to to be here to be able to say call me hit me up if you're struggling I may not call you back for two weeks it's not personal because I'm also in a k-hole but I Mm. see you I feel you and I'm holding Mm. space for you for all of you because this is a, a group struggle mental health mental illness is so gigantic and it's so hidden in the weirdest of way and I'm so over that so rock our
1: ibs around town and make yeah, some that's noise right. and irritable bowel
2: system yeah we did it that's right
1: we, that's we, right we shit all over that shit
2: we, we did shit all over that shit let's blow it up like diarrhea
1: boom
0: that's
1: all we it up. to end the fucking podcast what? we did it
0: now we did where it. can people online find you and your art
1: and like what you if do if you want to be found
0: if you want to be found if not don't say i'm am- I am working on being found. I'm very private right now. Um,
2: Putting yourself out there is such a thing. And sometimes I'm very open and sometimes not, but I want to try, especially for anybody in the mental health community. You can follow me on Instagram at lady Lassington, a slide in my DMs. And even though I am private, if anybody wants to communicate about mental health and go into the vortex about mental health and anxiety and depression and how we wake up every day and do it all over again and have some gorgeous, amazing moments as well. I don't want to anybody to think like it's just all the time yeah. feeling everything deeply as an empathic person i experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows and it's about making space for all of it and integrating it together dm me at lady laughington if you want to connect on all things related to this stuff and if you get your pants by accident and just need somebody to laugh with you i've done it a million times we can talk about sharding too that also works
0: awesome Dave, where can Bam. people
1: find you? You can find me on all the social medias at Yates Comedy, Y-A-T-E-S Comedy, where you can find the things that I'm up to currently. Uh, and then if you want to support, you can buy my hot sauce, ha-ha-hotsauce.com. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm still selling hot sauce. And if you feel like checking... It's out really good, the stage, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, delicious. It's better than my stand-up, but if you have a hankering for stand-up, you can go find not my true. debut album, One Long Merch Pitch. See, I even tell you like it is. It's all just... <laughs> words to get to hot sauce so one long word pitches the album Anna, where can people find Love you in this podcast
0: you can find me at anna Via's is fun on twitter and instagram you can also find me at anna com for show dates i will be updating it because you know what we're about to be out in these streets again um Yes. And uh, please, this show is having a live show. It's a live on Zoom, live Zoom show April on 3rd. A- April 3rd through Bonfire Live again. Uh, we'll have uh, former guests Chaz Carter and Deb Giovanni. It's going to be amazing. Um, so please uh, buy those tickets. We'll go ahead and put the uh, ticket link in the show notes. And uh, you can reach this podcast at Twelve Q Pod on all the social media, and we'll be promoting all of that stuff and all of our podcasts. And tell your friends about send this podcast. An email. Send 12Q
1: us Twelve a- Q Pod yes. at so we can answer twelve of your questions. I will yes. be pushing for this because that is an episode I would like to do. So we need twelve people to send twelve guests, questions, or audience questions. Really,
0: they can be yeah. any question. Like, where's when was the last where's time you shit your from? pants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It could be, it could be anything. So
1: I'll I'll answer twelve poop questions all day.
0: (laughs) But how we? I'll give those separate to you. I I love it. I love it. And how we end this podcast every time is Alicia. If nobody's told you this today, we love you.
2: I love you guys. Thank you for having me here, and thank you for doing your part and trying to break this stigma and
1: love you alicia we love you love
2: you guys thank you so much thank you everything like i said the most fun i've had in a long
0: time and dave uh if nobody's told you this today we love you (laughs) what i take that as love alicia back me up on this back me up on this he take it take the love take Take some love dave take some love dave Right, will work and, on it, that. and if you're listening to this and nobody's told you this today, we love you.
1: We love you, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Have yes. a good rest of your day.
0: Yes. Bye. Bye.